You're listening to DNA Info's Upper West Side podcast, which delves deeper into the lives and experiences of Upper West Siders. I'm Emily Frost. I'm talking with Principal Jessica Jenkins of the new West End Secondary School. It's a new school serving grades 6 through 12 that opened in the neighborhood this September. Principal Jenkins, thank you so much for talking with me. So this past September, the school opened its doors. So we're sitting on 61st Street between West End and Amsterdam, the building that people think of as the Beacon High School, but now it's West End Secondary School. And then each year, you're going to add a grade up until 12th grade. So right now, it's only 6th grade. Correct. How did you go about convincing parents to attend a brand new school when there's so many other middle school options and they never heard of it and you know it's brand new how do I why would I take the risk to do that parents really enjoyed the idea of a student starting in a sixth grade and actually being able to continue through to 12th grade so they liked this idea of building a community from the ground up our community members were also really excited about the fact that they could be part of the journey alongside of me in opening the school considering this is our founding class and these students will pave the way for future classes after and that was something that was really exciting uh, for families in our community. Last year when I was recruiting students and introducing the school to the district I had had a year to do that which was great. I was able to get into all of our schools and different community forums to to sell this idea of what it was that we were doing and what made us unique was that we were going to be using New York City as a learning lab. And what I find so interesting is that when we ask, when I ask our kids, so what makes our school unique, they can act, they actually name that, which means that the roadshow that we did to recruit kids was um, a positive one. A big part of our vision and I guess our mission is that we want our classrooms to be the safe context where kids can actually explore relevant real-world problems in a safe nurturing environment because we're asking kids to do hard things. So if we're exploring a specific concept around uh, the health of the Hudson River, they may be studying scientific um, standards that touch on high school in sixth grade, but because it's this nurturing environment where we encourage students to persevere and we encourage students to take on the challenge in a way that builds their confidence the kids get really excited about it and then we actually tie it to the Hudson River so you know uh, for example when our students are studying the oysters within the Hudson River and the health of the Hudson River and how we can clean up the Hudson River it becomes real to them and so while we're engaging them in this rigorous course of study they don't necessarily recognize it as something they can't do. They look mm-hmm. at it as something that they're really excited to go uh, go out and explore because we're, we're taking them out into the real world. And I think that was um, really exciting for the kids. What I've said to parents time and again, and I think the kids can speak to this too, is that we're trying to cultivate this innate curiosity. Kindergartners come into school, first graders come into school, and one of their, their big questions are why, why, and they want to know the answers, and they're curious, and we want to continue to nurture that. Um, creativity and that wonder and that the questioning the world around them and that's something that the kids were excited about for example in math right now we embrace something called struggle time where we actually provide students with a particular problem to solve that they have some background knowledge in but they're asked to either individually or with two or three other students try to grapple with solving that problem with some prior knowledge and our support and when kids get at it without having us directly teaching 
A, B, C, and D, the kids start to say, wow, I have some conceptual understanding of this and I can use my conceptual understanding of this to solve this problem without the teacher doing so much front-loading of the information. And the kids get, initially the kids were frustrated. They're like, oh, well, I can't do this, I can't do this. But now uh, the kids are excited about it and they actually call it struggle time. We've come a long way with them from September when initially it's easy to give up on something that is challenging to now where they look forward to the teacher providing them something to struggle with. Yeah, and it sounds like they're embracing that word struggle and it doesn't scare them. Correct. Is that something that you would share with other schools as this really worked? 100%. Yeah, and I would look forward to showing, um, I would look forward to showing principals and teachers and community members and schools um, that, that, that does work. Because I think naturally as teachers and even myself, I, if I'm in front of a classroom and I see that you don't have 16 of the 25 students and their hands raised when you're asking a question, naturally as a teacher you're going to get nervous and say, uh-oh, but if we step back and we give them time to grapple with it, what they come out with in the end is also that skill to persevere through something with our support, of course. I mean, we're teaching, you know, we don't, we don't just allow, we don't just throw out a problem and say, here, you're going to go solve this. We have a tremendous amount of support along the way to get them there. But to see them come out at the end and actually say, yeah, I persevered through that and I was able to solve the, I was able to solve it makes us feel like, wow, we're doing our job. And so did the blank slate nature of building the school appeal to you? I feel blessed to have had the opportunity to open a school prior to this. The blank slate does appeal to me because I can build something from the ground up and I can create these structures and support and put support systems in place for teachers to develop teachers along a continuum and to build a school with a community as opposed to walking into a school and taking on a principalship. That's definitely a skill set. I admire all of the principals in our district and districts I've worked with in my former life um, where they've, you know, you've come in because the principal's retired, but you're also walking into a school where there's systems and structures in place. I was attracted to the idea to actually create those systems and structures from the ground up. We talked a little bit before about creating an atmosphere in the school from anything from the paint color on the walls to the vibe when you walk in the door. Can you describe what you wanted, what you wanted West to feel like? What I wanted, which is a big part of our, um, our mission for kids, is that we're, we're teaching the whole child. So we wanted our school to feel as though it was a welcoming place for kids and where kids could feel that they're learning in this nurturing type of environment. So even down to how our classrooms are structured, even how we have our seating arrangements and we purchase special desks so that they could either, you know, if it's independent work, they can work independently, but if, they, if they're in groups, the desks can move easily within the classroom. Um, they're a little bit more modern, these desks, so that they're actually sitting in, um, so I guess like a, the triangular type of shape mm-hmm. where they can work in groups of three or groups of four. So that's also supported the learn the type of learning environment that we want to have here. And we've heard kids say when they came in, it's always interesting to hear their perspective. is like, wow, this is so fresh and so new, and we feel like we're going to a brand new school, which we felt like we got the job done then because, it, you know, this was an older building, and, you know, it, it's a great building we love the building but I think that that definitely contributed to our kids feeling as though they're walking into this really welcoming environment and that they're supported because that's our whole entire philosophy for how we're educating them 
Yeah, and some people criticize how much money goes into things like building infrastructure mm -hmm. and desks and smart boards, but mm -hmm. do you think that that really does play a role in how kids feel about themselves and how they feel about school? First of all, our students are growing up in this age of technology, so I mean, I think that the smart board piece for me was critical for all of our teachers to have access to it because of all of the amazingly innovative things that they do with the smart board. It's not just putting a PowerPoint up, and sometimes you know people who aren't um, educated in the use of technology and such might just use the smart board for a PowerPoint, but we really use it in this interactive way. So I thought that that was really critical for sixth graders because this is the generation they're growing up in. Um, not to say that the you know that the technology is everything, because there's a time and there's a place for them to be writing and reading not from a Chromebook or not from a Kindle and from actually handling text. But I do think that the environment affects, the, the actual physical environment and physical space does affect students' perception and, their, and the students' experience here. So how did you create community? I mean, you talked about Beacon had this, this parents association that was really strong uh -huh. and the community there was strong, uh -huh. but at a brand new school where people are coming from all over. Yeah. How do how does that work? School culture, I would say it's probably equally important to me as quality teachers and quality instruction in the room and school culture was a big part of my proposal and I think a big part of why our parents from across the district, um, which is awesome because we represent every school in the district, why parents across the district wanted to sign on to this because we look at parent engagement here much differently than a, a traditional idea of parent involvement might look like where I involve parents in a book study, um, we involve parents in the school day, we involve parents in, in visiting classrooms and helping us figure out how we're going to add new lockers down here and what that looks like for space and so I have them involved on so many angles instructionally as well and um, we give parents multiple opportunities to do that so we have parents that can come in during the day but we also have parents, clear, many parents who work full-time so there's so many different ways to be involved here other than like the traditional like I think there's actually a very well-known book beyond the bake sale we are so beyond that here we do something called intensives in expeditionary learning schools and essentially it's a three-day crash course mini college course in something that you Emily would be interested in so if you are interested in gardening there'll be 10 or 15 kids so you're the teacher of gardening there'll be 10 or 15 kids that come in we're doing another one we're doing another one on like Broadway but our parents are super excited because they may have an expertise in mm -hmm. this I might teach the I might be the one that's in charge of the gardening one but while I might not have expertise in that we have parent experts that can come in but even if they can't come in during the day they can offer us resources like hey I know this great person and you can go down to see how they do urban gardening here mm -hmm. so there's so many ways for them to be engaged which is great so they can call you at any time with ideas and they and do <laughs> I love it yeah we love it and and we I communicate with the parents weekly in pretty lengthy updates which they're really thankful for I involve them in the school day as often as I can because we would not have been as successful as we are now without that and and families rightfully ask so how do you scale up how do you continue you know, we started off really strong and we're really proud we've met our goals for the year we continue obviously these goals will be our goals for several years to come um, but we we feel like we've met our goals as far as our parent engagement piece 
and we want our parents to know that there are there is a strategic long-term plan for hiring you know mm -hmm. for what that looks like for mm -hmm. seventh grade what their course of study looks like and I think that that put a lot of parents at ease uh, especially because a lot of these parents signed up for a 6 to 12 model and as you know the middle school process and the high school process sometimes feels like applying to college you I've know? heard that <laughs> if yeah. I had a parent you know when I have a child and it, it, I came to the, any district in your city I would be confused you know and a lot of these parents and they ask really good questions because they're it's hard it's hard and you know these poor fifth graders have to choose an elementary uh, middle school and then they get into eighth grade and then they're it's college all over again for ninth grade you know i've already actually met with some of my families here who have siblings in other schools about like you know what do you recommend for high school and they're so happy because their other sibling that goes here can stay yeah yeah happily. so they sort of feel like they dodged a bullet and well, they, they do. don't have to they do another do. application and they, process and they're so excited about it and they're they're equally excited about the fact that we have the strategic long-term plan that it, we're, not, we're not building the plane you know as it's flying we're actually, not winging a, it <laughs> yeah, yeah there's no winging it here do you think that the 6 through 12 model is one that near other new york city schools should adopt so that there aren't so many applications and it's so tricky how, do, how do, yeah i mean i don't how know can that if, be changed? i don't know if i would say that the 6 to 12 model would be beneficial to limit the number of applicants and and to make the process easier i think the 6 to 12 model supports kids academically and from a social emotional perspective I know and my teachers know every single one of our children their strengths their learning gaps their next steps how to challenge them and as they scale up so if you think about when they come into ninth grade here we know exactly what they've mastered where their deficits are where we need to continue to challenge them what regions classes they've already taken what courses they're going to be on par to take for advanced placement classes because we're going to be offering three high school courses in eighth grade here to parents. They were super excited about that. I think that's why I would sell six to 12 models because we don't need, there's no learning curve in ninth grade for us for these kids. We're, we know them so well that just even for example, going up to seventh grade, my two English teachers will go up to seventh grade. We can start teaching out of the gate, like mm -hmm. in seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, because we know exactly who our learners yeah. are. Parents, um, they were much more relaxed when I had said to them, it's okay, it's, there's no pressure to take these high school classes in eighth grade, but since they're offered, we can have a conversation about whether or not they can take it, but the beauty of it is that they're gonna be here in ninth grade so that if they don't take it in eighth grade, we're gonna give them a special program for ninth grade and they won't be behind. And you got to select the, the teachers. I did get to hire all of our teachers, but we it was governed by an 18D committee, which is the chancellor's um, regulation and we put together this team of teachers so we did it as a team yeah. which was awesome what in your opinion makes a great teacher what were you looking for I think starting a school from the ground up is a special skill set I think that what I look for here is commitment to building the school alongside of me which looks a lot different than maybe in a traditional school where a lot of the structures are in place mm -hmm. you know for and so what happens is I'm look what I'm looking for is so I have one teacher who is our tech guru right so he has clearly put our school on the map as far as being you know every child has a Chromebook and how do we manage apps and how so this distributive leadership piece I'm looking for I'm looking for teachers that can wear many hats and do so without feeling overwhelmed because I'm also I'm also providing support to them simultaneously so that they can grow in their practice. But for example, a couple of my um, relatively new teachers are leading our West Players, the Broadway 
uh, show that we're putting on. But I'm looking for teachers that are well-rounded, that can bring more to the table. And then the, I guess the next piece is that I look for is what I think many people have considered in the past, what we consider like soft skills. And research is suggesting now those soft skills are actually what makes people successful in the workplace. How are you really going to contribute to creating this culture where we love children here and they need to feel loved by us and they need to feel supported by us? And that's something that I look for in an interview by asking, so give me an example of a time that you've assisted a child or you've assisted a group of children in X, Y, or Z, and I allow them to fill in the blank. So it's beyond, the academic questions are there for the teachers to ensure that there's content knowledge, but the cultural piece is there as well. Like, what will you bring to our culture? And it may not be a chess club that they're bringing to a culture, but it could be, you know, so one of my skill sets is I am really good at de-escalating conflicts. Oh, I would love to hear about that, because you generally that would be something that a guidance counselor would say. But, oh, can you tell me about a time that you've de-escalated conflicts? And so then that teacher becomes, and we have her here, that teacher becomes um, the teacher that is like a go-to. And then that commitment to building a school, because there's nothing more rewarding than doing this together. So it's not my school. Like a lot of times you say, like, oh, it's the principal school. And there's, we are literally, it is literally all of our schools, parents, students, teachers, and myself. Because I tell the parents all the time, initially out of the gate, I think they wondered, like, wow, I hope that she does want us as involved. And I say, I need you to be as involved because we would never be where we are now without them. You mentioned de-escalating conflicts. And I was wondering, what are the unique challenges that a sixth grader walks in here with. First I'll say that we have a structure in place here called CREW, which a lot of schools and community members would know as advisory. I would say advisory has been in school for about 30 years. We call it CREW. It's essentially literally like we are CREW, not passengers, and there's a group of students, 13 students, who meet with their CREW advisor twice a week, and that's where we address the exact question that you're saying, the unique challenges of middle school. The transition from an elementary school to a middle school where we're not zoned, right? So mm-hmm. you don't all know each other. We have kids so from private So they're not all school. from a neighborhood. Co- correct. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. from all over the place. I mean, we have, which is awesome, and but that's also a challenge in that let's make sure that we are inclusive of, say, the four or five students that came from a private school, the four or five students that came from out of state, the 15 to 20 kids who might come from one school, but one school might have 30 kids coming from it. So let's make sure that we mix that up. And let's make, you know, and then there's that friends piece. Like, what does that look like? Because remember, in fifth grade, regardless of what school I was in, I'm in a fifth grade class with 27 to 30 kids in a room, whatever, between 20 and 30 kids, and I know them and I follow them here. They see 137 kids all day long, so that's a challenge. Like, what does that look like? And what does it look like to make friends? Because obviously you want to gravitate towards the, ooh, I know that child, he's on my soccer team. Even if they didn't go to the same school, oh, I know that child because we are part of an after-school club someplace else, or we're an acting program together. So that was something that we've addressed in Crew. And what we did that was really cool in Crew is that we mixed our Crew kids up completely. So, like, essentially, like, every school is represented in every Crew. 
<laughs> and yeah. like that was very strategic in that you know so this is your plate this is your family and you don't know each other and that's really uncomfortable and initially the kids are like well why can't I be with so and so I know them from the past I'm like that's exactly why you can't be with them because <laughs> we want to put you out of your comfort zone yeah and then the other piece that you that you handle in middle school in sixth grade is that I find like sixth grade is this interesting year and I say to this parents all the time like a lot of middle schools treat it like you know, we go from fifth grade to sixth grade, and all of a sudden it's this different experience. I come from the philosophy, and a lot of parents have said I treat this like an elementary school because it, the sixth grade's a transition year. I mean, there are schools, and there's been schools for years that are K to six schools, right? And I'm not just talking about New York City, I'm talking about all over the country for a reason, right? Because we think that seventh and eighth grade looks really different. So a lot of the structures I have in sixth grade are very much like things that we might do in fifth grade. Like for example, we do like caught being good breakfasts and where we acknowledge students who are, you know, um, who have adopted our core values and have modeled that and have modeled perseverance and, and serve as a model for the school community. And, and I'll tell you that I, I, we have an incredibly rigorous curriculum but simultaneously, we have this curriculum where in crew and in classrooms where we're building students' character. So it's nurturing and challenging yeah. at the same time. There's that word that we use a lot these days, which is interesting because I'm reading a lot about it, that companies are looking for when they're hiring, and that's that word grit. How do you persevere in the face of challenges, and what does that look like? Because we're finding that the most successful students in college right now are those students who exhibit that I can pers- I can persist through a challenging problem. I can persevere when this does not come easy to me. You know, they're performing high on their test entrance exams to get into college, but what we're finding as a country is that these kids are coming home because it's either too challenging for them, not because they can't do it, because it's not comfortable to them mm-hmm. and so on. So we're we're trying to develop that whole child which it's been a great great transition for parents they're in in changing mindsets because initially they thought of those as soft skills when in fact those are the skills that will catapult these kids to success so you talked a little bit about the different schools that have fed into west yeah. and you helped design the admissions policy yeah. and then you went around to all the schools in the district and literally told them about <laughs> the the story mm-hmm. of what you were mm-hmm. hoping to do what were the challenges in getting a diverse pool here and how are mm-hmm. you going to deal with those in the future yeah and making so, sure that you don't just have kids from the school that's down the street right yeah no and the you know, given my background and how I had opened a school prior, and I had opened a school prior that was literally right smack in the middle of Staten Island Borough, and what was interesting was that what happened was it became difficult there for kids from other areas to actually get there, which is, it, it actually made it difficult. Transportation was an issue there and such. So what was happening after a couple of years was the schools that were right in the neighborhood ended up inundating the lottery. It was a lot, mm-hmm. it was a different mm-hmm. district, but it was a lottery district. And I was like, uh-oh, what are we going to do? Because naturally the schools in the neighborhood are going to apply to the neighborhood school. Yeah. So I was really proud of the work that I had done last year. And then I continued to do this year because we didn't just require parents to come to an open house, I actually went out to them so, so that to get to ensure that we represent schools from all part of the district. But I recognize that we may have parents that 
may not either know about the information session, it may not have been shared with them, people get busy, they don't look at calendars, I know that happens to me too. So I actually went into classrooms in schools and counted that as an information session. Because just because mom can't make it, or mom has something else going on, or your guardian has something else going on, the child is if the child so excited about coming that makes me that that's the decision yeah and, the, and she went and these kids went home to their parents and said i this lady came to speak to our school i think it's called western secondary school it sounds really cool and i want to apply and they're here that experience although it was very exhausting because <laughs> it was just me i didn't have a staff yet um it was actually my mother and i i um like saturday mornings evenings inside of so it you know inside of classrooms, that was very successful. So because of those relationships that I developed with those principals, I noticed that my applicant pool this year, so for one particular school in general, that principal that I went out of my way to actually speak to her classrooms, the app, the students who were matched this year from that school, there's like 10 or 15 right now, and that's because the kids here are talking to them, and, that, and that's gonna happen naturally. They mm -hmm. all talk to their kids. So I, I'm really proud of the applicant pool that I have here that reflects diversity in the district. Out of the gate, I felt like we had a strong start because we represented all the school, most of the schools in the district, other than some K-8 to schools. But the word gets out, and then parents are saying, okay, I'm not so afraid to send my child down to 61st, because the other piece which is just a natural challenge, is that I am literally at the southernmost part of the district. Yeah. I had our current parents and current students leading our open house sessions. So say I have Declan, who's from 178th Street, actually say, okay, so this is what my commute looks like in the morning. And so parents heard that, and they're super excited about it, as opposed to last year, they were afraid. I had parent. I remember having parents and even not even so high in the I guess 110 to 116 saying I'm not sure if I'm ready for my child to come down there but when they heard it this year so that's been really helpful and I feel really confident just based on our numbers now that we've done that work and that is a direct I mean I could, that's a thank you to the parents the parent body and to the kids because they're talking for example PS 208 a few of our students from there are talking it's like, so it's and actually really easy to commute to come down here so which is why I noted that the first 10 or 15 kids that were matched were from that school which means I can thank those students for doing that because they're the one I, yeah I can say oh it's easy to come down here but if a kid says this is what you do you're gonna hop on the A train and you're gonna go to 59th Street and so I'm always curious about what a typical day in the life is for people that I talk to mm -hmm. and I know you're coming from Staten Island right I'm coming from Red Bank New nice. Jersey so what time do you get up what does your day look like yeah how do so you balance it, this with interesting life I have actually always wanted to work in Manhattan for years and so when this opportunity came up I said wow this is like perfect and I miss that now and my school is doing amazing um, which makes me feel great because we want you want to make sure that you're you know, what you start gets even better than yeah. when you were there. Um, but my typical day is, is interesting. I wake up at 4.05. I am on the 5.20 bus, and I'm in the door here by 6.45 every day. But I love it, and I think when you love it, it becomes something that you just become accustomed to. And to be quite honest with you, I get so much work done on the bus, which is great. So I use that as time. I would have been driving during this time 
right? So even if it was Staten Island from Red Bank to Staten Island, that was a half, 35 minutes, you can't work. But if I'm on the bus for an hour, that's a lot of work that I can get done or emails that I can catch up on. And then I'm here <clears throat> until the end of our after school program, which is awesome and really comprehensive. And then there's a couple of late nights we have a week, which makes it a little challenging, but it's okay. But as I've gotten older and more experienced in my principalship, I've been a little bit more strategic about those late nights. Like, for example, like, accidentally, two weeks ago, I had, like, three late nights, and that was a little challenging. You know, those are late nights that you're coming home at 10 o'clock, so to balance, like, you have to make sure that those meetings are just scattered. Yeah. But I love, because I love what I do, and, like, I'm really passionate about what I do, and I knew that my place was back in a school. The parents are adorable because they're always like, are you staying? And I say, I'm here to stay. Like, I love it. And I want to, you know, I can't wait to see these kids graduate. Yeah, day in the life is, um, it's it's challenging. But if you're excited about the work, it pays off. And and a lot comes at you that you weren't expecting. I mean, they're 11. Yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah, they're 11. And, and it's a small school, so you do see things. That what I think what the parents love and what we love is that we see things, right? So like the stu- the students are adorable. They're like, but how did you notice that they didn't pick that up in my last school? I'm like, it's not bad that they didn't pick it up in your last school. It's that your last school had 900 kids in it. Like we have 137 kids, so we see things. They're finally accepting that. They're like, do you have like cameras? They're so adorable. I'm like, no, we just watch you and we hear you. They're adorable. And so each grade will be about 130. So no, this particular class was large. Um, I had asked for this initial class to be large with enrollment um, for a few reasons because naturally it will be attrition Mm -hmm. Um, but knowing that Beacon would have loved to stay here but couldn't because they were overcrowded we did scale back Mm -hmm. but we knew that we were going to so we wanted the first class to be larger and then each class thereafter uh, will have about a hundred students in it at scale will be at 700 it sounds big but for a 6 to 12 school it's a dream because we have students that would go off to high schools with 3,000 kids in them. So to a potential parent, why would you come to this school? What are parents looking for? We guarantee to parents, and they can, and you know, parents speak to it now, is that we know their child well. We really, truly provide an academically rigorous environment. All kids are challenged in all classes all day. I have amazing teachers, and I know that all principals say that because they do have amazing teachers. I look at myself more as a coach. I have a principal title, but I see myself as more of like a teacher, leader, and coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been a really good strategy here because it's supportive of teacher development but I think what the parents see here is that wow our teachers are accessible they care about our kids our teachers are in contact with parents sometimes daily they'll send out a email blast Mm -hmm. um, to parents we we post homework online for parent for kids so that they actually don't have to waste time copying homework that's already up there Um, they all have their Google Chromebooks which organizes them, because we know that sixth graders sometimes have difficulty with organization, even adults. Mm-hmm. When they see the level of instruction that's happening inside classrooms, I think that they are blown away by what the kids are doing when we let go and let them do it, as opposed to what you were saying before, that road stuff. Mm-hmm. That road stuff doesn't live here. I think that because we had such a fantastic first year, um, our incoming class is equally fantastic. And when I say equally fantastic, obviously the kids are awesome, but the parents get it. The parents get what it is that we do here, and they're really supportive of it, which is great. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I can't wait to see what else you do. Great. Thanks. Yes. Thank you. We want to hear your thoughts on the new school and on public education more generally. You can contact me, Emily Frost, at efrost at dnainfo.com and on Twitter at efrost1, or join the conversation on Neighborhood Square at neighborhoodsquare.com. We also hope you'll check out our Facebook page dedicated to the Upper West Side.